Hi, I'm Miranda Wright with HOWC Ministries. To learn more about our ministries, please visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com. Iron sharpeneth iron, so a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friends. Proverbs chapter 27, verse 17. The word countenance means face or presence. As iron faces iron to chip away the unnecessary parts, sharpening it for the master's use, so does the same happen with us when we sit face to face with friends and read the text, talk about scripture, or pray. God will use these times to chip away things, sharpening us and making us more fit for the master's use. If we let him, that is. The problem is that everyone wants to think that they are the file, the one who is unmoved, and not the knife. But the knife is the one being prepared to be used. So let the knife be you. We have to be willing to face the abrasiveness of having our own edge challenged and be willing to release some things that are keeping us dull. It may not always be pleasant. It hurts to put away our pride, but it leaves us stronger and sharper on the other side of it. So be willing to face challenges, the truth, or even open rebuke, and let it do its work in you. Proverbs chapter 27 verse 5 says that open rebuke is better than secret love. For faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy, they are deceitful. When I read this, I think of the difference between Peter and Judas. Judas's kiss was deceitful to Jesus. Yet there were times where Jesus openly rebuked Peter, one of his closest friends, because he loved him and wanted to perfect him and prepare him for the purposes that he had for him, for the greater things that were coming. Peter preached the first message of the New Testament after the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, and many thousands of people were added to the kingdom. But he had to be sharpened and prepared for this purpose. Therefore, did Jesus have to correct him and even openly rebuke him at times because he loved him? The passage continues to say that the full soul hates the honeycomb, But to the hungry man, every bitter thing is sweet. This also reminds me of the fact that God told one of the prophets to eat a scroll of judgment. And as soon as it was in his mouth, it became sweet as honey to him. My friend, if you are hungry to hear from the Lord, then even the correction will be like honey to you. It will be something that you desire to consume. But to the one who is full, it says it loads even the sweet things. My friend, how do you expect to be filled with the Holy Spirit if you're already full of yourself? Understand this, that allowing yourself to be sharpened will change your face or countenance and your function. As you allow things to be chipped away, your whole presence will change. You won't look the same as you did before. You won't work the same. And you will function in more than before. 
if this is not constantly and continually happening, then you are likely not facing that or those whom the Lord has placed before you to sharpen you. This is usually the result of pride convincing you that you don't need to be sharpened to be made more useful than you already are. A refusal to allow things to be chipped. A belief in the enemy's lie that your dullness is perfect and that there is no need to leave your comfort to face the abrasiveness needed to improve your current countenance. Pride is based in the lies that are spoken by the father of it. Don't fall for it. It will rob you of both your sharper countenance and of the friends that are called to help you obtain it. So lay down what you think you know and grow. Proverbs chapter 16 verse 18 says, Pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 20 says, But in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of wood and of earth, and some to honor and some to dishonor. If a man therefore purgeth himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified and fit for the master's use, and prepared unto every good work. Lord, we thank you for your purposes, that you have called us to fulfill a mission and a commission in this earth. Lord, we understand today that we are not born prepared for this. In fact, we are born into sin, so we've got to come to you, submit, sit, and be taught by the Holy Spirit. There are things that you need to prune, to chip away from us, and you have many marvelous ways to do it. One of the most interesting things I think that I learned through the process of growing wheat is that it's not only the threshing of the tool, the tribulon or tribulation that we go through that breaks the chaff away, that useless outer hole, the flesh of the wheat so that it can be made fit to be crushed and pressed and ground into the proper form to make bread a representation of the true body of Jesus. But it's also the abrasiveness of the wheat against the wheat. That's why they're bundled together before they're threshed with the tribulin. The wheat being bundled together causes the wheat to rub against each other and loosen that chaff. So I encourage you in this, that when your spouse or your friend, family, or your pastor or leadership seems to rub you the wrong way, it's okay. Before you get upset and start mouthing off about how they need to change, take some time to sit with Jesus and say, am I the one in the flesh? Is there something you're trying to teach me? What are you trying to chip away from me? Because on the day of judgment, we're going to give an account for us, not for them. So take every opportunity to be sharpened. Another interesting thing about the wheat is that we have to understand that there's a reason 
that it's being cleansed, that the flesh is being removed because before this process, each grain is individual. It's separate. It's apart. Just like us, when we first get saved, we stand in our own place, but we're not yet able to function as a whole, as a body. And of course, we know by scripture that it says that we each have a part to play in the body, but we can't all choose to be what we want to be. We've got to be willing to be led by his spirit and to be mixed together perfectly. He knows the recipe. We don't. So until that wheat is willing to be cleansed, to have that chaff broken off of it and to be crushed and pressed and mixed with all of the other wheat who were willing to do the same thing, can they then come together and become one loaf of bread or the body of Christ? We thank you, Lord, for every ingredient that you bring together that cause us to be able to be used in the greater things of the kingdom. Lord, we pray it all the time. Let us see the greater things that you prophesied that after you would be gone, greater things than even you yourself walked in on this earth would we be part of, Lord. But we are different members of a body led by you yourself as the head making the decisions. You, your Holy Spirit, operating each part perfectly in sync nobody getting out of place or trying to take somebody else's position or trying to do everything themselves oh lord we trust you do what you need to to prepare us to be used so today let us grab hold of this wisdom that there is a reason for the abrasiveness And I think that if we will stop trying to teach everyone and stop and listen to see what it is that God is trying to teach us, then we will graduate the class and be able to get out of the situation a little quicker. This was an issue with the Israelites in the wilderness. Everyone wanted to lead. Nobody wanted to listen to God's instruction that was given through Moses. So they ended up going in circles in the wilderness over and over. I can assure you of this, that the one who walks in humility, God himself will exalt in the proper season. I have seen this throughout my life over and over. You do not have to fight for the positions and purposes that God has for you. Yes, you have to contend for the faith. You have to fight with the enemy on your knees in the prayer closet to maintain your faith in the promises. But you don't have to fight with men for position or pomp or title or attention. Jesus said to take the lowest seat and trust him to come and get you in the proper season. He will exalt the humble because it's the humble who are willing to learn, to grow, to listen, to be sharpened, to be the one who's still waiting in the proper position for Jesus himself to come and get you for your moment of purpose. Throughout scripture, we see stories of people who waited in prisons until God came for them, like Joseph or Micaiah. While those who moved by ambition had positioned themselves in palaces and high and haughty places that God himself then had to come and strip them of. Because he warns us that the prideful will be abased. It doesn't happen quickly, not in an instant usually. In fact, the scriptures tell us that because the judgment for sin doesn't come quickly, men have it in their heart to do wickedness. They think God won't see or do anything, but eventually, my friend, he will because the scripture is true, firm, and sure. And his word says that no pride goes unpunished. It will always turn to our shame eventually. 
but those who are humble will always be vindicated, validated, and exalted in the proper season. Trust Him to do it and praise Him in the waiting, even when all that is around you seems abrasive. And be encouraged by this, that the longer you are required to sit, the grander the purpose on the other side of it. Abraham himself had to wait 25 years to see the promise. And that was only a small part of it because much of that promise is still being accomplished to this day and will continue to be until the return of Jesus. How great and mighty are the things that he has in store for those who love and fear and trust in the Lord. Be fully persuaded that that which he has promised, he is able to accomplish. But if you're not walking in that promise yet, it's not anyone else's fault. It's because he's still preparing you to possess it. Get on your face before him and ask him to show you and learn the lessons. Don't see everything else around you as the fault of others, but see it as lessons and testings and opportunities to be made more like Jesus. Because in the end, that's the greatest testimony and purpose of the Christian, is to rightly represent him and to preach his message, not in word only, but in demonstration and power. O oh Lord, prepare us for our moment of purpose by sharpening us and changing our very countenance unto the likeness of your Son, Jesus. Remember this, my friend, that God corrects those that he loves according to Hebrews chapter 12. He also tells us this in that same passage, that if you are not receiving correction from him, then it means that you are not truly a son when we are adopted into the family he doesn't just give us his name and then abandon us he teaches us he leads us he guides us he corrects us he is a good father he sharpens us and fine-tunes us and prepares us for purposes for the work of his kingdom what father does not instruct his son how much more our heavenly father who is righteous and good and has called us with a purpose this message was brought to you by HOWC Ministries to learn more about our ministries please visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com